The Denver Broncos secondary led by Justin Simmons and Patrick Sertan are highlighting a very, very exciting presence during Broncos minicamp. What are some of the storylines accompanying Michael Ojemudia plus the Broncos depth as the secondary shines during camp practice? We break that down and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a special Wednesday episode. Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, senior Broncos analyst at Mile High Sports, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. He's the site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Both of us also cover the Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. And Broncos country, once again, thank you so much for taking time out of today to make Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day for all the daily objective Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage that you can get here on your favorite podcast and providers, or you can watch us on YouTube. Sarah, the storylines through mandatory minicamp continue. We focused on day one, really on the offensive side of all some of the storylines there, but really the theme so far through the first few days of mandatory minicamp, the Broncos secondary, they're making plays, forcing incomplete passes, getting interceptions, uh, and just taking the ball away as we continue to build towards training camp where there's going to be a lot of exciting storylines that we're going to cover with this secondary. There really is. I mean, like we've talked about before, the secondary on paper, it may not look like it may not look like the deepest or at least the most proven, but there's a lot of guys out there making plays here at minicamp and throughout OTAs. We've heard plenty about Pat Sertan. It feels like Justin Simmons is up to his usual stuff out there. And and then we finally got a chance to hear about a rookie at the one of the most recent practices here. Damari Mathis finally getting an interception. And I believe, Cody, there was a video that was posted by the the Denver Broncos of all the starting defense just just sprinting out onto the field jumping for joy you know screaming and cheering and everything I have to think that clip they didn't show the rest of that clip but I have to think that was celebrating Damari Mathis interception there probably the first of his you know NFL career so to speak so really cool to see the rookies making plays out there and getting some recognition we know this rookie class has got to step up big in 2022 well and, and that's one thing I've noticed too the Broncos DB room the corners and the safeties they are so tight Sarah like if you go back on any of the OTA highlights where there's interception just look at all the players like you mentioned that rush the field to celebrate like that's something I don't think we've seen too much of with this Broncos team in the last several years is just the overall collective group excitement at least during games like in practice you see it but I think that this team is super excited for like when other guys have success like we know at the NFL it's a business it's competitive there's guys competing for spots but the reality is they're all teammates like if if one person wins they all win and I think it's a great thing that these guys continue to to celebrate. Let's go through some of our Broncos news and notes following two days of mandatory minicamp. The Broncos, we don't know whether or not this morning they will practice for the third day. It is up in the air. We'll find out whether they'll practice or whether they will have a field day. Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett said yesterday after practice, he's going to have to go back and he's going to have to watch the tape to be able to see if they're going to practice at all today. But let's go through some news and notes here on Tyree Cleveland. Obviously went down on day one of mandatory minicamp and was carted off the field. Everybody, anytime you're carted off, 
you assume the worst. Luckily for Tyree Cleveland, he posted on Twitter on Monday, a little bit later on in the evening, that his ankle, the MRI came back good. He doesn't have any significant ligament damage or bone damage, but he does have a severely sprained posterior ankle. So, well, luckily the timing right now for him comes as he's got all this time to ice, rehab, get medical treatment, and then be ready for training camp, which is the expectation here for Tyree Cleveland. So, hey, some good news after, uh, you know, it seemed very gloomy on Monday after practice. That's right. I mean, getting the cart sent out to the field, that's pretty much worst case scenario, right? And not usually done for precautionary reasons, but in this case, it seems to have been maybe just a, a little bit of a scare here. So obviously Tyree Cleveland, I think he's going to get a chance to compete again in training camp. So that's really the most that we could ask for. I don't know if you could ask for anything better when you have a guy carted off field one day at practice and then, you know, the next day finding out that he may be able to contribute at training camp. So that's really great news. But it also did kind of I know Nathaniel Hackett wouldn't wouldn't say it. He did kind of give off the vibe. He didn't want to give away the secret of like, yeah, we're not going to practice and we'll see. We'll find out, you know, what the case may be. But, you know, I think think definitely if this was the end it was smart of the Denver Broncos to hold some guys out of practice on on Tuesday I mean they held out Bradley Chubb and a number of other guys just really giving them the opportunity I think just being being absolutely as cautious as possible we talked about earlier in the week Jerry Judy and then Greg Dulcich all of a sudden kind of popping up on that list and and you just it's hard to know at this point because we we mentioned before as well Nathaniel Hackett really keeping keeping things kind of close to the vest in terms of what injuries are what the timeline is and and all those different things and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily we, we would love to have a specific timeline but there were times when Vic Fangio would give a specific timeline like Michael Ojemudia last year who was supposed to be injured for what I think it was four to six weeks ended up missing almost the entire season Oof. so I'd rather I'd rather have the vague like we'll kind of see what happens rather than say hey he's going to be back in three weeks and then him not come back so definitely good to see the Broncos being precautionary with their some of their star players are players that have had injury issues in the past and good to see a lot of other young guys get chances to step up. And that's what it's all about, too. So, you know, guys like Bradley Chubb, Baron Browning, who sat out of practice yesterday, observed from the side alongside with Greg Dulcich, Jerry Judy, Randy Gregory. You know, for those two guys that I mentioned, Chubb and Browning, really just load management, right? We're talking about load management in the NFL. But you don't need to do too much here right now during mandatory minicamp. It's just a branch extension of organized team activities, except that everybody is supposed to be there as they are. And now it's just kind of focusing on, hey, you know what? Let's take these next five weeks here, whether they practice today or not. These next five weeks are going to be critical. Rest up, get your mind right, because once you come in for training camp and we throw the pads on, you're not going to be 100% for the rest of the season. So it's smart to be smart, as the coaches have been so far here with the Broncos. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to dive into a little bit deeper. Some of the praise that Nathaniel Hackett has for Patrick Sertan as he's leading the charge for the Broncos secondary so far this offseason alongside Justin Simmons. You get that much more coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of show. It's a good friends over there at BlueNile.com. And whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find Julie that's as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. And if you're looking for fine jewelry, but you're having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. And make your moment spark 
with Drury from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners. They get $50 off of purchases of $500 or more, and this podcast exclusive includes engagement. So use code Locked On once again. That's promo code Locked On. Plus, every single order is insured. It ships free, and it arrives in discreet packaging so that it doesn't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. As we dive into the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. For your second listen here today after this episode, Lockdown Broncos, go check out our guys Chris Maselli and Kyle Sullivan over at the Lockdown Avalanche podcast. Tonight is the night when the puck drops in game one of the Stanley Cup final between your Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Can the Avs get in the way of them trying to three-peat or will Tampa Bay three-peat and hoist up a dynasty? for the NHL on the Stanley Cup final. Check out Lockdown Avalanche for more here today as the puck drops tonight. But Sarah, continuing on here, a theme this entire offseason for Denver has really been talking about the secondary. It's been talking about players like Patrick Sertan, who's really his season last year. So many people, a lot of these national media pundits, have had time to go back and actually watch some film. And all of a sudden, Patrick Sertan has gotten so much praise this offseason. Rightfully so, he deserves it. Denver wasn't getting a lot of attention last year due to the fact that their offense just was not that good. And it was very unfortunate that the Broncos, unfortunately, had some players who had really good seasons not get highlighted or recognized in the way that they should have. It happens all the time. But Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett had a lot of high praise here for Patrick Sertan and just what he continues to do, how he prepares from his technical aspect and just what what you expect from a guy who has taken as high as he has. Here's exactly what Nathaniel Hackett had to say on Monday following practice about Patrick Sertan and what he's seen from him. God, he's a pain out there. I mean, um, you know, I think not only is he a great person, but just when the guy goes out there, his intelligence of the game, understanding of the game, um, his size, his skills are are pretty premier. And then you throw in all those other damn DBs uh, that we have to go after every day. And, I mean, they're doing a great job, all of them. You know, Pat is doing a great job, and he is a special player. He is a special player. And, you know, one thing we've seen so far through OTAs so far, the reports coming out of practice have been there's been incompletions, there's been interceptions that have been thrown. And that we're going to have a little bit of a discussion as to, like, what do you read too much into? What should fans read into or, or should they worry too much about certain things? We'll address that a little bit. But Patrick Sertan and Justin Simmons have highlighted making plays at Broncos OTAs. We mentioned Damari Mathis getting an interception in Tuesday's practice at the UC Health Training Center. Everybody's getting involved. There's a lot of sticky coverage, but it's also with the idea, the expectation, you can't play press coverage, which, you know, I think it's impressive that if, if players are coming away and knocking passes down or jumping routes and getting interceptions, that's great, especially when you're really having to play some off-ball coverage. No jamming at the line of scrimmage, no free, re- you know, allowing free releases here to wide receivers. It just goes to show that I think that this Broncos secondary, and Sarah, there's a lot of hype around them, but rightfully so. I think with the talent that they have, why can't they be as great as they're being advertised? Well, and I think they might be getting, you know, the opportunity to be even better than we might think based on how the defensive line has performed. You know, one thing that won't change a ton when pads come on is the, you know, batted passes at the line of scrimmage. And these defensive backs have been taking advantage of quite a bit of that. It sounds like at, at this, this mini camp in particular from the Denver Broncos defensive line, just being active, getting their hands up in the throwing lane. You know, Cody, I, I don't know. Should we be concerned if Russell Wilson is tall enough? 
to be a franchise quarterback in the I'm just I'm get, stop right there. Come on, people. That's why he fell to the third round. We all understand if he was three inches taller, he would have battled for the number one pick in the 2012 draft. But the NFL has evolved. You got to give him credit for that. But no, I think it's great to see the Broncos defensive line being active. And we know that there's been a lot of rotation up front there, hasn't there? That we've we've heard of a lot of guys being held out of practice, certain guys getting dinged. But I, I've heard almost every name on the defensive line code, even Jonathan Harris was brought up after Tuesday's uh, Tuesday's practice session as being a guy that's getting a lot of run with the top defense. So I think there's just a lot of exciting things happening right now. Everything is working together cohesively. And that's not to say, yeah, the defensive backs have been making a lot of plays. The defensive line been making a lot of plays, but so has the offense. So, and you and I talked about this off the air, really the time for the quarterbacks to be making these kind of, I don't know if you want to call them necessarily mistakes, or maybe it's communication issues or maybe it's just hey you're trying to fit a ball to a certain place or maybe the design of the the play during practice is you got to go to this spot and and the defense is just all all over it and on top of it so we don't know exactly what the case may be but we know that there's no nobody that's at practices right now that's that's watching these things unfold is saying oh we got to be concerned about the offense or anything it's the defense is playing good football right now and like you said we'll see what happens once they can start to press once they can start to be more physical physical I think they're gonna just keep on making the offense that much better we've talked about this before as well iron sharpens iron out there and we're seeing that happen at, at OTAs already in, in in big ways well even Broncos cornerback opposite of Patrick Sertan Ronald Darby has not been getting talked about enough by Broncos fans in my opinion and maybe it's just me but for Darby, like one thing he said, he met with the media, I believe it was on Monday following practice. And he was talking about just how what Russell Wilson is doing offensively, like the way that he's like the first guy in the building, the last guy to leave. He's staying late. He's working extra. He's getting extra on-field reps. It's inspiring even defensive back guys to go through and get more reps after practice. So you mentioned the iron sharpens iron. Ronald Darby talked about that and even had some high praise for Michael Ojemudi, who, surprise, surprise, we've been very high on for quite some time, Sarah. Everybody is talking about OJ, rightfully so. I'm super happy for him. He deserves it. He's making plays. He's learning through the process as well. We'll hear from Ejiro Evro a little bit later on in the show about what he's seen from Michael Ojemudia personally and where he's at. Plus, there's a lot more that we're going to break down as well. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But Broncos country, before we do that, let me tell you about Bilt Bar, the sponsor of today's episode of the show. And Bilt Bar just recently sent Sarah and I a brand new flavor. It is mud pie. It's got rich whipped cream filling, not to mention it's topped with chocolate mousse cake. It is fantastic. It might be my brand new personal favorite flavor of Bilt Bar. I used to love the Churl Puff as my top dog. Brownie Batter Puff became the top dog. And now Mud Pie Built Puffs have become the top dog, the best flavor that I have tasted. And it's here for a limited time only at Built.com. So go check it out today. Each bar contains around 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar. And you can get a box today and you can get 15% off when you go to checkout by entering promo code Lock 15 at checkout. Once again, promo code lock 15 gets you 15% off your next order at build.com. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to us or to watch us. Free and available everywhere you get your podcasts or on YouTube. It means the world to both Sarah Bettinger and myself. The next five weeks of the offseason will be the most brutal because there won't be any Broncos news really happening. No, nothing going on for the most part. So we break down the storylines. We'll preview all the training camp position battles you need to have your eyes on. We have an episode for you every single day because for the true fan, there is never an offseason. 
offseason. Sarah, continuing our conversation on today's episode of the show, the Broncos secondary continues to shine in minicamp. We've talked about how it's been highlighted by Patrick Sertan the second, but other guys like Michael Ojemudia, Damari Mathis, Justin Simmons intercepting Russell Wilson in Tuesday's practice. Ejiro Evero had the chance to come up and obviously speak to the media, and he was asked a question about our favorite guy, Michael Ojemudia. Here's what he had to say about what he's seen from OJ and where he's gotten better this season. Oh, he's gotten so much better. It's uh, you know, it's a credit to him. It's a credit to Coach CP and Ola and Dre, uh, those guys that are working with him. But uh, he's really, really improved, and uh, which is good because you know we need a lot of depth at that position. Christian Parker has done a really good job so far in his first couple seasons as the Broncos' defensive back coach. And tell you what, Broncos country, go to the Broncos' social media feed on Twitter at Broncos and go watch out the latest video they posted of Coach Christian Parker mic'd up. The way that he teaches these guys, the way that he works them, they are a very tight knit unit. We alluded to it earlier. On in the show just how close the corners and the safeties are all together like they all support each other they go to each other's camps and events they really love each other they have such a strong bond in that room and it really is kind of epitomized by how christian parker has come in and galvanized the group and, and has kind of brought them all together so love to see that and obviously ola adams being another one of those defensive assistants that is zero ever mentioned we love what we've been hearing about Michael Ojemudi. He's going to continue to get reps. And Sarah, I imagine we're going to see a lot of him in training camp, whether it be playing a little bit of dime, whether it be playing outside cornerback. And guess what? He's going against guys like Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick every single day. This bodes well for him, but also the other guys in the secondary. But with some of those things, Sarah, I, I think in a time like now with mandatory minicamp where there's no contact, many people want to know, how can we analyze as analysts – how can we break down practice when there's no contact involved? I, I think we have to take everything with a grain of salt, right? Because once the pads come on, once there's real competitive periods and physical contact in training camp where it is 11 on 11, you do have seven on seven with contact there, wrap up, thud up, you're going to see a lot of things change. And I think that what we see now are technical because when you can't touch anybody, sir, you have to be very fundamental. So I think once you add in the physical side of it, I imagine the Broncos defense is going to fly around a little bit more physical here in training camp. They are, and I think that one thing that you can always pay attention to, and this is something that I think it, it consistently comes up at training camp and different things every year where you're just kind of, it feels like you're kind of sometimes just watching a, a boring practice, but then all of a sudden one guy just pops because he's either so athletic or he's in the right spot or he's doing his job so well that you can't help but be like, who just made that play out there? And you see the guy running away with the ball and and you just you're able to draw conclusions based on those kind of things. Guys making big splashes I think that's one thing that you can always take away so if the media is collectively noticing and everybody everybody's talking about Michael Ojemudia he's been getting talked about every single day at, at this at this OTAs I mean everybody's asking about him because he keeps making plays consistently so I think if you're making splash plays first of all second of all if you're doing it consistently third of all if you're jumping off the tape athletically or if you're jumping and you know even just out the naked eye if you're jumping off the tape and and jumping off the naked eye athletically that's certainly uh something that you can take away from a non-padded practice it's it's <laughs> not easy but it's certainly something that you, you can say wow that guy jumped really high to get Stunned. to catch that pass you you know, he's just a, a stud athlete, you know, so I think that those are different things that you can look at. Obviously, you want to see Russell Wilson out there tearing it up. I think pretty much everybody can judge what's good quarterback play versus what isn't. You know, you can see those kind of things, a good pass rush. Those are the kind of things I think can translate speed 
athleticism, consistency, and yep. big splash plays. And those are the things that you're looking for. But it's, I think everybody also gets to the point, like especially once we get the training cap. Remember last year, Sarah, everybody was freaking out about who threw touchdowns, who threw interceptions. Here's the deal in practice, as we've talked about here on the show. You want to make mistakes if you if they are mistakes. Like There's nothing you can do about a player making a great play, right? If you throw an interception, but it's a great play by the defensive back, it doesn't necessarily make it a bad play by the quarterback, even though that the result is negative. Now, I think that one thing that people just overanalyze, you know, is this touch is the touch on this guy scored is that concerning for the defense like they gave up a touchdown or like an interception is it concerning that the offense threw an interception I tell you what Sarah I think it just makes everybody better that's what practice is for it's competition making everybody better and I can tell you just my times as a player Sarah on defense there were times we just absolutely like just kicked the dog piss out of the offense interceptions interceptions getting what would be sacks like we never brought our quarterback down to the ground in practice but like would be sacks and we as defensive players like man, the offense, they suck. Like we're worried about this weekend. And then the offense would ball out because you know what? They're going against the best defense in the league at the time. So, you know, iron sharpens iron. That's what it's all about. And there's going to be different looks. And I think that another thing that gets lost in the shuffle of practice and analyzing how an offense does or a defense does, these guys have been around each other all off season long. These guys are going to be competing and practicing, seeing a lot of the same similar formations, knowing some of the play calls that are coming in because when you mess up on a play, guess what you're going to do? You're going to run it back on the offensive side of the ball or defense. They know a lot of these things. So it's easier to buy up on some tendencies. And so you're going to see maybe more players make plays. It's so much more different when you're going on a week to week basis, you're practicing and you're playing an opponent that has no idea what you're going to do. That hasn't practiced against you. That hasn't gone against what you're throwing at them. I think that's where football just gets so micro analyzed that it gets a little bit more than it should be. And this is why we're here, Sarah, to kind of provide a little bit of voice of reason to everybody in Broncos country. That's right. You got to take everything with a grain of salt and you got to make sure not to overreact to any certain thing either. Like I said, splash plays are one thing, but consistency is another thing. If you see a guy consistently doing something out there, that might be worth reading into a little bit. If you, if you don't see something consistently, if you see it just every once in a while, uh, you know, that might not be worth reading into. So you got to use good judgment. You can't overreact to individual plays because that's, that's not how football is. Like you said, you go out on the field against a different team. All of a sudden, the roles are reversed, right? The defense could be terrible and the offense could be amazing. You know, it's just those different types of things where you, you can't judge that stuff in camp or OTAs, but I think consistency is what we're looking for and consistent availability as well. And young guys stepping up and different ways of evaluating the roster. That's how I always look at training camp, OTAs, preseason games. You can, ev- you can kind of evaluate on an individual basis on a play by play basis and watch certain guys and say, all right, I'm going to I'm going to watch the pass rushers this time around. I'm going to watch the receivers or defensive backs or just pick any position and say, I'm going to kind of just like scout, quote unquote, scout these positions and see who's really standing out today and see if they can string together a few days and really stand out amongst everybody else. So that's really where I think evaluating a, a training camp or OTAs come into play. But man, getting getting worked up over interceptions, that's that's not <laughs> healthy for anybody. And, you know, unless you're talking about, hey, that's that's 
awesome for the DBs. Uh, and, and I remember last year at camp, Justin Simmons was coming away with an interception a day. It was yeah. almost weird when he when he didn't have one. But <laughs> obviously, he didn't have 17 interceptions last year. So he didn't. It wasn't like he got an interception every single game. You know, it's just that's who he is as a player. He's he's going to take advantage. He's going to make the the other you know the other side work. He's not going to relent. He's not going to go out there and just be like, all right, I'm going to take it easy on these guys. He's going to go after the football. So I think that's just that's what you got to read into is the things that consistently happen over a longer period of time. Guys that flash, guys that stand out, guys that the coaches are talking about, guys that the media bring up all the time. Those are the things to pay attention to. Certainly nothing to overreact to at this time of year. And I, I guarantee you, once training camp comes around and we're at practice, you and I are going to be kind of saying the same exact thing. Like we're going to be reminding fans, like, okay, hey, here's what happened. Here's let's not over, let's not read too much into this, or let's not read too much into that, whether it be good or whether it be bad here. But this is how the team got better today. This is what happened today, uh, because like I said, football. There's so many different elements that affect an outcome of it. That's why we love the game. That's why we break it down here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. But Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the show we're back tomorrow as we talk about the Broncos emphasis on red zone for the offense and defense where do both units have room to grow you get that and much more on tomorrow's brand new episode Lock on Broncos 